Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you listen to this episode 235 of the Tree Talk podcast. Myself, Jack Neville, and Matt O'Callan of the Week Club Observer and Vale Star. It was an incredible, incredible weekend, Matt, between the weather and the match we had in that special day in the two scale of crowns. I didn't think we'd be looking forward to a Munster final, but that's the position we find ourselves in. We have a bit of more talk about. We have a special guest coming on early. We have ladies football, camogie, and masters to touch on towards the end. So stay tuned for all that and more. Impression the game we get all with what you put into it's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Phil Kenny as Richie Bennis sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, it's Shawnee Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Limerick went out there from the world court today. No more about him. They made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact of it. And that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? Here comes Kieran Curry. Curry leading the charge of the Lightning Days. 45 minutes out. He's a chance to score. He's putting it in. He's putting it in. There's no sympathy in this game for anybody. <laughs> Delighted to be joined by former Limerick recorder Paul Brown this morning. Paul, how are you keeping? Good, lads. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Not to bother. I suppose Good, Paul, when, how Matt are you? Got, when Matt Good. got in touch with you last Wednesday or Thursday, did you think to be a Munster final to look forward to? <laughs> I thought Matt would be asking me questions about why maybe we uh, were finished third or we might have uh, maybe even worse guest scenario, you know. But um, no, geez, it's great to... It's great to be looking forward to the two weeks. There's a buzz already around the place. You can feel it, you know, especially when it's clear you're facing. Um, so that rivalry is, is well and truly alive. I think it's probably the, the biggest or most um, anticipated one in the GA at the moment. So it's great to have another cut of it. Yeah, I suppose for anyone that was in a bubble over the weekend, Limerick uh, beat Cork and one of the best games I've ever been to. And Waterford got the job over done over uh, Tipperary and Turles, which means it's Limerick and Clare, as you mentioned, in the Munster final again. But... The day itself, Paul, and, and Munster Harlan, you just couldn't write scripts like this. No, I look, it's, uh, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to get into Munster, Leinster thing or anything like that or Harlan, really. You know, it's uh, just Harlan in general is great, right? But, and we need to appreciate it. I just don't think we fully appreciate how special the Munster Championship is. Everyone says it, but like to really take a step back. Even other games, I was lucky enough to get down to Cork and Tip this year to have a look at it, you know, as well. And like an incredible game, just the atmosphere, the occasion, and there's people flooding in from, from everywhere and there are different counties and cars and roads full and stuff like that coming in. It's a really, really special thing we have. Um, and look, long may it continue. I, I think as long as Munster Ireland is driving, if anyway, the provincial discussion is is not really up for much discussion, I would say, you know, um, especially from a Ireland point of view. I just It's just an incredible thing to be involved in be it as a supporter or, or, or lucky enough for myself to be a player and playing in it like it was just incredible you know really really special times yeah and I suppose you're a player and it's not too long since we saw you out there and you would have played with, with a lot of those players did you anticipate that performance coming look like it's, it's, it's in them they're just they're like the character of these fellas is the most impressive thing I think about them you know there's never a, a moment too big or there's never a they they never they never fade away from the challenge to be honest with you like it was it was it was just a matter of who was going to drive it on and someday gone as opposed to was it going to happen like you know um and I just very impressed with like Sidan Morrissey and Dara Donovan like Dara 
they, they'd be on about William. I don't know who'd been underrated, you know, and stuff like that. But Tara, I think, is one of the most underrated horrors we've ever produced. Like, uh, it just doesn't seem like he gets the credit he deserves most of the time. Like, he is just, he, he, he can do it either way. Like, he's tough, he's physical, and he can hurl the, the lights out as well, you know. Um, and I look, he, I was delighted to see him having a couple of pops from long range and firing the ball over the bar, you know, the other day as well. Like, it's just a real bow. He has a string, he has his bow as well. Like, so, like those players were always going to stand up. Burns, has been immense, you know, um, for the last number of years as well. Always a man for the big occasion. And it's just great to see the lads drive it on. And then we had a couple of flashes from other lads coming back again. Hego, superb second half, you know, really stood up to it when it was needed. Tom Morrissey, as usual, brilliant, you know. And Aaron, again, got the right supply and delivery in and really went to town in Cork. Yeah, and, you know, I just go back to midfielders for a minute because that's obviously the position you excelled in. And, you know, Dara would have been young coming into the panel when you were there and eventually takes over from you and, and Will comes in then. But they're, they're a brilliant mix of players and they definitely do go under the radar as you said William probably gets a bit more credit but I don't think either of them is rated as they should be in terms of the national landscape because there is no better duo and I don't think anyone really gets close to the two of them yeah no they don't um very rarely very rare like I think even the times there they, they might get turned over for a couple of minutes like you know in a game or and next thing out of a sudden the the the, the talk is all their Limerick midfield weren't firing or whatever like that but I, do, I haven't, I'm yet to see a, a group get a bit better of them for 70 minutes, you know, and even if they break even or whatever, like the next time they play the boys at their home are done and they definitely won't be, won't be breaking even the second day in a row, you know, if they get to play the same team. So they're just, they're a great duo. Um, William is just, what a workhorse in the middle of the field. Like he's just a pleasure to have in your team. Like he's a fellow you'd love to have in your team. You take him anywhere with you if it was a transfer market, but to come up against him is a nightmare, you know, and just... Like he'd be chasing you down there and you just hear his you hear his breath and his footsteps coming first, like and then you know you're gonna get swallowed up by two huge arms. Like he's a massive man. Um and I suppose if I if I was to say like the thing about William and William especially is that even when the game is going against Limerick, he's always there. He's always there there about fighting and trying to pull him back into it, you know. And I suppose even when there's a, a lull or a dull period in the game for for Limerick, it, William is always the fellow who's kind of there or boats in the rocks and tackles and trying to make something happen or trying to spark it into life, you know. And I suppose from looking at the game the weekend gone, I think Cork probably go into that lull period and maybe if they had a William O'Donoghue, I think they would be dragged out of those quicker, you know. Um, I think they're probably missing a player like him. And if they had maybe one of him, I'd say they might be in a different team, you know. Yeah, I, th I think the thing with William is any sort of highlights clip, he's always in the background, either on the ball or, you know, just out of shot, like he's he's everywhere. And then Dara, as you said, with the three points, so important. But I suppose outside that, in the middle eight, you know, you, you mentioned Burnsy and, and Kyle was brilliant and so was Declan. And then the half forward line, that, that's really been the, the central point for Limerick. And it, it has been a bit off some players this year, but that middle eight really thundered into the game and were a telling difference in the end. Yeah, look, I think, look, teams have come with different stuff as well, Jack, you know, um, like, you know, they've withdrawn players, they've withdrawn a full forward line out into the middle eight as well, like, to try and combat and have extra men there, you know, and I suppose, like, sometimes I think, you know, some teams drop their half-back line and don't engage, but like, we've seen teams now pushing their half-back line and engaging the half-forwards a bit closer as well, you know, and I suppose coming with that then, I suppose, look, like, probably the ball speed and the ball to hand was probably a small bit off for a couple of games, you know, but that seems to have come better now or has definitely improved um you know so i think all those things kind of factor into it but um that middle eight look 
like teams obviously have targeted it as an area they're going to have to go at Limerick if they want to if they want to win the game. So I mean, every time that Middle Eight come to feel like they're facing a, a team who has targeted, focused on them, and worked in that area as regards how they're going to break them down and stop them. And it just it, like you can't be at one hundred percent all the time. So even a small bit off, you know, it, it looks like they're miles off, but that's not the case. The margins at this level are absolutely minute. Like. And you know, I, I what you're noticing more and more about hurling now is that they're turning on such fine moments in the game, like we blocked down or a hook or a missed missed tackle or a fumble, you know, like stuff like that. And I think games are switching on those now because teams are so quick to punish you on the break and on the counter. Um, especially when the ball is turned around the middle third, like you can see teams have been working on like turnover, how fast can we get the ball into our full forward line and maybe work a goal, like you know, and Limerick did that very well the other day got three, could have had more, but it was by a really quick ball into the lads in the transition phase. Like. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned goals there because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it was 28 scores, 31 in Cork's favour, but Limerick got the goals, as you said, and Limerick probably been guilty of, you know, shooting from further out and just racking up a high tally of points, but it's good that, you know, in a day, in the Cauldron, the Gaelic Crowns, that they were able to just actually turn some of them chances into goals. Now, they did butcher a couple of them, but to score three goals and 25 points in any game, we should be good enough, yeah. Yeah, it should. And look, I'm like, you win by a point, everything is okay. You lose by a point, it's the end of the world. Like, you know, I mean, Cork were very close to winning that game the other day. 130, if you told them before the game, scored 130, they'd have thought they'd have won the game at home. You know, and if you told Limerick before the game that they conceded 130, they'd probably have said they might have lost the game as well, you know. <clears throat> so, look, um, they got the goals, um, they got the breaks, uh, like, they could have had seven, you know, easily, as you said, they missed a few. But, like, I just think that probably in the last couple of weeks there, they've had the chance to work on, I suppose, what we mentioned there, the fact that they've been engaged in the middle third, and you often saw that the ball was flying over the top of that middle third from the half-back line, and it was going straight into Seamus and Aaron inside by the D on their own, like, you know. I mean, the amount of times Cork got caught 2-1-2 two two inside was, was scary, like, and Kieran Joyce tried his best to get back there at times, but... Um, I think he was just kind of caught in the mind of coming out onto uh, onto the half hour line as well, like you know. I think that's the thing about this Limerick side when when they are pouring that if you do go man on man and you leave those boys inside in their own, that they'll cause damage. But if you drop off, if the likes of Hego and Tom Morris and them are on form, they'll just shoot from everywhere. It's just if Limerick play to their best, they're extremely hard to stop. They are. They're, look, if Limerick hit top form, look, you, you, you can't see anyone um, turn them over, you know. And I suppose Clare, obviously, the next day will will think that they have the upper hand, you know. And I suppose they're going to probably think that they have found maybe a way of combat, com- combating them, you know, in the middle third and maybe getting the better or the upper hand in, in certain areas or certain positions. But um, look, I think Limerick have a, an improvement to make from the first day they played Clare, you know, the number of wides. And, even some sloppy play in general, I think that's definitely improved. Ball handling, the ball speed has definitely come up a ton, you know. Um, so I think fellas are back in form as well and a bit of confidence. And look, no better way to get your confidence back than 40 plus thousand in the Gaelic Crowns. The, the height of the summer, the heat bitting down and, and you've come out on top. And saw a great piece from Dennis Walsh there in the Times about the lads sitting down in a circle after they get two hours after the match eating their dinner and in the chairs and the Gaelic grounds, like I mean, that's the like whatever about the matches, that's the stuff you'd you'd live for as a, as a player, like you know that moment there where you've given everything you can as a panel, as a group, and you're sitting down having a chat, having the crack, and you've won a monster championship game. You're looking forward into the summer into the All Ireland series, you know, um, that's the stuff you give your arm to to, to be involved in. Like, yeah, it looked it, they looked like a, a really tight knit squad, and 
that the manner of the win and to get over the line after so much scrutiny should give the side huge confidence and a reminder for everyone else that you know it's not too long ago that we had called them a, a team they're going to win all Ireland with ease and they have won three in a row that they're a dangerous animal to you know to rile up like that and they proved on Sunday just how good they are again. Yeah, um, I look, I don't think you win any All Ireland with these, though, you know. And like even over the past couple of years, that we were looking, we were looking in some games as well, and did get the breaks or got the goals, you know. Um, I just think it's just const- constantly coming out on top in games is a real skill as well, like you know, and and, and being there about in the in the melting pot and knowing how to finish out a game or knowing what's needed to where the puck out needs to go, where the bodies need to be for the break, you know, where to get to. Now, John, to hurl close together as opposed to hurling far apart and making sure we've numbers there for even if we do lose a break or a puck out that we can stop it at source, like you know, and stuff like that. And they have all that stuff down to fine art at this stage and with, with experience, you know. But look, the games are very close. Um, it's hard to know, it's hard to know from, from here, like regardless of Munster final results, it's hard to know what to expect for the All Ireland series, you know. I don't think we've got a great read on Leinster yet or anything like that. And, I think it's it's like the Leinster final might tell you a small bit more, but neither Galway nor Kenny have, have been shooting lights out either. Like you know, so it's really hard to know what what's happening from that side of things. But I think the lads will just be as Tom Arses did today. You know, they, they were playing to get into the All Ireland series, and I suppose everything else worked out as a huge bonus then. Yeah, Matt, I'll throw it over to you there. Yeah, Paul, um, just just um. Just reflecting on it since it happened and, and the number of times before and the lead into the, the Munster Championship that John Kyrie stressed how important or how competitive this year's Munster Championship was was going to be. And like to think that had Cork got a late equaliser, how different the Munster landscape would have looked at this stage. You'd have Cork in the Munster final and um, you'd, you'd, have, um, you'd have Tipperary out of the championship. Very, very few would have thought about that. Yeah, look, as I said, in the games, in championships as whole, like, you know, um, like, it's minute, small details, like, and small moments of sighting all these games and all these championships, and you see the score difference between teams is very little between them, like, you know, and, like, I, I like, Cork are out now in fourth place, but have they had a bad Munster campaign? I don't think they have, like, it could, like we could be very easy reading Limerick's results as, as Cork's results are, like, at the moment, you know, a point here, a point there, a draw, like, you know, um, so I don't. I think Cork will be happy enough with what they've done this year. Obviously, bitterly disappointed, I'd say, to be out of the championship. But I think they'll be happy enough with what they've progressed and some of the players they've introduced. And I think probably next year we'll see even more young players coming through from uh, their underage system and, and their twenties and stuff in the past number of years into their panel and, and getting game time. They brought in a couple of lads today, Brian Hayes and, and um, Polly Power came on. You know, so they're all big pluses. Like and Mark Coleman to come back as well. So. It's like I said, when you win by a point, it, life is great. And when you lose by a point, it's the end of the world. But like, it's the same for Cork now. They've come forth and barely got knocked out. Could be in a monster final by a puck of the ball. Like, so has it been a poor year from? No. Will they be disappointed to be out? They will. And I suppose equally, Tip will probably be counting their blessings, you know, that they managed to get over the line in, in third place. But I suppose when, when they reflect on it, they might be happy enough for where they are and kind of kind of work away there quietly over the next couple of weeks perhaps you know and, and face the first task in, in awfully i think and in three weeks time but after that then you'd never know what what, what way that goes they might be happy enough for where they've ended up yeah i suppose in comparison with last year when they failed to win a match that um it's it, 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 it's a big big improvement for Tipperary. but you you just wonder when you see 
the competitiveness of the Munster Championship this year and is probably one of the most competitive Munster Championships we've seen. And like the three counties that came out of Leinster, you could say they ambled through the Leinster Championship to date. And you'd wonder, going into the All-Ireland Series, will the Munster Championship have taken too much out of the of the, the Munster teams going forward? Well, to be honest, if I'm honest with you, Matt, I think the team who probably loses the Munster final um, could be could be in a bit of bother, you know. And the next day, they would really want to they would really want to be on the money, have done the recovery right, I suppose, physically and mentally, I suppose, after that, um, going into that quarter final because they will be set up for the fall. You know, they've had four, six weeks there of really, really intense hurling. You know, probably huge relief to be either third or in the Munster or to come out as first or second and into the Munster final, and then I suppose depending on the result of that you could have to pick yourself right back up again and face into a team who probably has had a couple of games to fine-tune themselves and, and maybe look at it a different way like you know so i think the the monster finalists could be it could be a bit of a bother this year i'd say the team who wins the monster final will be delighted with the break into a semi-final as opposed to other years where maybe we were talking about the five and six week break being a huge hindrance to to the provincial winners like in Munster I, I think that they'll be delighted with a break and, and really happy to be in a semi-final and watching the rest of it play out Paul I suppose from a clear perspective going into the Munster final all of last week they would have been of the mindset that it was a temporary clear Munster final I suppose the, the last ones they wanted to see out against them on Munster final day was Limerick yeah I don't know, would it be that, I don't know, is that the angle maybe, Matt, you know, I, I, they probably were expecting maybe if they met Limerick again, it might be down, way down the line, you know, but I just think probably the last week they were probably preparing for a tip, probably had been looking at the tip game on Sunday, you know, maybe tuned into that more so than Cork and Limerick in the Gale grounds. And then I suppose as the day went on, they were probably having to change over to, from their Twitter feed to the television feed probably and keep an eye on what was happening, like, you know. Um, so I think from a, from a mental perspective, I think, Regardless of who it is, I think no one or, or being like 99% certain they're playing one team and having to switch in, in the space of a couple of hours to facing a different team is a tough task, you know. They probably would have started maybe like doing some analysis on tip even, you know, and maybe would have been really keenly watching the, the tip and warfare again from a backroom team point of view and stuff. And the players even would have probably been keeping an eye on that. And some players won't, some players will, some players are probably at the beach or something, you know, or going for a swim on Sunday and watching none of the matches. But I think... It, like regardless of how good you are at switching off, you probably would have been thinking that it was tape and focused in on that for the Munster final. And it probably is a difficult position to be in to switch it around in the space of a couple of days and, and know you're facing Limerick again. Probably have to revisit their game in the Gaelic grounds and look at that and what worked well and what they can improve on and maybe look at Limerick's shot count, and, which was high even though they had wides. You know, The shot count for Limerick was, was really high that day and had they hit over some of those wides, it would have improved. So I suppose it is it is a difficult mental task, I think, to switch from where they were to where they have to be now in two weeks' time. Yeah, Limerick in this particular campaign, I suppose, they, they, they started off not very impressively. Um, but they've shown demonstrable improvement from game to game, Paul. And there was a big step up last, last Sunday. There's no doubt about that. Not just because we won. Um, is there far more to go, Dick? I definitely think there is like there's definitely some areas even from last Sunday there there's definitely some areas of improvement like you know and Cork seemed to get an awful lot of puck outs off sharks and I suppose all the sharks to 
shots to the full back line, which, okay, as we expected, it might be a tactic or a play, like, but I think also got an awful lot of puck outs to the middle third, to runners, um, to the midfielders, to the half back line, you know, as well, which is probably something they won't be too happy about. Um, also, on top of that, I think the cart movement did trouble us a small bit, and I think they'll have to they'll be looking at maybe how to shore up defensively a small bit more. You're like, you know, they definitely won't be happy with conceding one thirty. That'll be a, that'll be a, a stick to beat them with over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. Um, but there definitely is improvement, you know. And even there was there was still like I suppose it does come with the weather now, you know, with that heat and and I suppose that intensity in that game, like you're going to have mistakes. But they probably would have would have liked to cut out maybe a, a percentage of those mistakes even more and make it probably a small bit more slicker looking um, and bought the hand and stuff like that, you know. But I think when, when the weather is like that, when you're playing 20-something degrees of heat and, and you're playing to come to hurling, like, there's going to be mistakes because fellas tire at different times, you know, and it's a real stressful environment for the body. So, you know, things happen at different moments and, and, and there's always going to be mistakes. But it's just limiting those, I suppose. Look, it could very easily be the same weather in, in two weeks' time inside the get a grounds again, like, yeah, Paul, we couldn't have this conversation with Bruffman without mentioning your club mate, uh, Sean Finn. Um, do you think that the Limerick fullback line has settled over the last two games in, in, in his absence? Because, um, like, you know, in my opinion, we're talking about the best defender in Ireland missing missing out from Limerick. So are, are you happy with the way the thing has settled since 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 he since he, you know, got injured? Yeah, look, I mean, they've drawn a game and won a game, Matt, like, you know, um, I suppose, not like, when you're talking about defending, I don't think it's defending as in conceding scores, I think it's the whole, I think it's what Sean brings to the group as regards just solidity and, I suppose, confidence in defence, you know, and communication, like, you know, that's something that probably has to be replaced more so than his actual on-field presence, like, um, as regards playing, you know, and, and getting on the ball, like, I mean, I'm sure Nicky is missing him as a cornerback and someone to converse with. Like, you know, I'm sure the half-back line are missing his communication out the field, you know, and as well as his colleagues in the full-back line, you know. Um, it's a difficult task for Mike Casey to be in, like, because he probably would have been used to playing full-back over the last number of years and now having to go into the corner, like, you know. And definitely, probably, you know, I wouldn't say, like, he's come off from the two games, but I don't think he's playing poorly. I think it's probably because he's covering more distance or ground than he has been used to as a, as a full-back, like, if I was to say that. Um, and Richie has done excellently well coming in. And I would say that you know, Richie, Dan, Mike and Barry are probably going to be rotating as regards positions over the next number of games and in and out, like, you know, and, and probably being replaced by one or, or, or the other of the players at some sort of stage of the game. Like So I just think it's a matter of, it's a matter of replacing Sean, kind of a bit like Moneyball, you know. Um, what can we, how can we replace Sean Finn? And, and I suppose, what does he give us? And I'm sure Sean Allen has all that done, to be honest with you. But what does Sean give us and what players do we need to replace him on the field? Like, you know, um, he's a massive loss to, to Limerick, to be honest with you. As you said, Matt, I fully agree with you there. He's the best defender in the country and has been over the last six or seven years. Like, you know, um, he's just superb. Um, nothing phases him. He's a real cool camp, collected presence inside there the whole time. Um, huge loss to Limerick, huge loss to my own club, Bruff. Um, but, like, I'm sure Sean is contributing in with Limerick as much as he possibly can. They definitely would have found a role for him to fill, um, which I'm sure he's taken on with both hands, you know, and, and he'll definitely do the same for ourselves and Bruff as the year moves on as well. Um, Paul, turning more to your own career, um, which has been stellar by any by any benchmark, both with County and with, with, with Bruff. Um, Happy days with Limerick eventually getting the All-Ireland medal you richly deserved? Yeah, sure. Look, I mean, when I started out as a young fella, if you told me what would be on the mentalpiece when I finished, sure you'd be delighted. But 
to me, Matt, the, the journey was the most important or most valuable um, memories I have, to be honest with you. I mean, being part of the team in 2013, that kind of maybe finally stemmed the tide as regards silverware, like, you know, was was massive um, for us and, and I think massive for the county as well because the underage had started to come good as well at that time, you know. So those players like so Wayne Mack, Gavin, Paddy, Seamus Hickey, David Breen, Steve Walsh, you know, Richie, Tom, all these fellas that were involved in that. I very, very fond memories of playing with all those lads um, and, and I suppose what they did. And there was a real change of, of, I suppose, I suppose we went into the era of professionalism back then, you know, as regards to GA and I suppose the attitude and stuff and Jim and SNC and all those boys were real standard bearers and, and really drove on the standards. And I think if you were to ask the young lads that, I suppose, the likes of, um, you know, the likes of Richie, Dara, these lads that came into the panel around 15, 16 as well, like they would have told you that those lads were really driving the standards as regards behaviour and trainings and how you looked after yourself and all like that. And I think that mindset was there before before the lads got there in a sense. And obviously the boys had come from the academy side of things then, which has started all that work as well at underage, <clears> really broke <throat> on from there. Like, But look, a lot of those lads that maybe that maybe did, didn't end up being part of 2018 were, were real driving factors as regards to how Limerick was moving on from there. I mean, 13 and 14, we had really good years. Look, 15 and 16, yeah, they weren't great. But um, I think that we were going through a huge transition phase at that stage. A lot of older players were starting to slip away and retire. And I suppose all those young fellas then had started to come through. But all those lads that were there before that were real driving factors as to, as to where we've ended up today, you know. And they all helped um, turn the cogs in the wheel at some point, you know. Stand, standout memories, obviously, winning the All-Ireland was a highlight. But other, uh, the other memories, obviously, 2013 was a big one yeah 2013 was was a big one um obviously your first year in 2009 was was playing in those games and making your debut and stuff was lovely you know um a, a real standout game for me strange i don't know why but it, like the game actually in 2011 the league final the 1b final in menace is actually a game that really stands out in my mind as regards the game i really enjoyed um we got over the line that night, you know, and it was just an incredible atmosphere. That's a game that really stands out to me in my mind the whole time. And to be honest with you, Matt, other than that, I think the 2018 league, um, the day above in Galway in Salt Hill, is one that really, really stands out to me. Um, just a real sense of uh, just satisfaction and knowing that, you know, things were going to be okay. We got out of 1B, you know, I was heading towards the end of my career, I would say, you know, like I was heading towards my 30s, like at that stage, and knowing that you're out of 1B, and what was coming behind were just such quality, like, and that you were going to be in 1A and you were going to be definitely having a cut off the Munster and All-Ireland that year in the round robin, like, and that's a real standout memory for me. Um, just really, just a real sense of satisfaction of having got out of 1B and, and into 1A finally, like, and I know that, that things have changed since then, knowing it's a different system, but I think getting winning that game and having that monkey off the back was a massive thing as well. Talk to us about Bruff, Paul. Very, very near in 2022. Very close in the county final against the team that ultimately went on to win the Munster and All-Ireland series. Um, yeah, Matt, look, uh, I suppose overall, I suppose clubs are, clubs are funny things, you know. They come in waves, really. Um, like, I, I, we were having a conversation last Tuesday night above the field. We had 34 or 35 players training above and Bruff. Now, I said to Ray Horrigan, our manager, I said, lock the gate and don't let him out till October, right? But I, I just, it's just a funny thing that, like, I rem we have a, I've had a conversation then with um, Jason Hayes, and he, I said, he said to me, do you remember the day we played championship above in Kamalak and we had 17 players on the field or on the, on the panel? 
in senior championship now at that time when we had John Anthony Moore was a sub keeper and Mike Weeks was a sub as an outfield player. Um, so like it's just great to have such numbers coming through in the last number of years. The work that's going on in the club at the moment is is really really positive to see. Um, we're headed by Mike Kiley there, our chairman, and he's doing a great job. And like Matt, just small things like I suppose we we've a, a lady there, Claire Mernan, driving the facilities side of stuff like, and the work she's doing, and how well the field looks, how well all the facilities look, how clean everything is. Like you know, um, they they've put a, a, an amount of money into our old dressing rooms there in Brough. They've knocked the wall and made it into a gym for the players now in the last number of weeks. You know, and spent a couple of thousand euros on that for the club. Like and um. It's just a real focal point of the community now at the moment, which is positive to see. There's kids up there every evening inside the Astro of the field, you know, and, and playing sports, whatever it is, soccer, football, hurling, you know. And I suppose last year was disappointing not maybe to get over the line in the final, but I don't think we have any complaints. I think the better team beat us on the day. Um, and we were a small bit off, and they were rightly on the money on the day. And I think that it's just great to see the, the 19s winning last year, the juniors winning. Um, and just a real positive energy around the club and I suppose especially just numbers at the field for training and loads of influence there for training like and just interested in the club not only interested in playing but actually interested in being a part of the club and, and pushing it on from off the field as well like you know yeah. you know the 19 final was one of the great finals of last year Paul yeah it was Good very jolly yeah it was a really enjoyable game I thoroughly enjoyed watching it yeah um, just um, great bunch of lads, yeah. Just a great bunch of lads, to be honest with you. Um, really well coached and managed, um, and just a bit of bit of bit of bite about them as well, like bit of physicality and bite about them, and well able for for the hard stuff as well as the hurling, like you know. Um, and just great to see that kind of crew coming along now to backbone the club for the rest of for a number of years to come, you know. And probably maybe the best crew to come out since my own group came through in 2007 or so as minors and stuff. So it's really good to see eight or nine or ten lads there that you know are going to hurl away with the club for the number of years. Like. Roger Mulqueen would kill me if I didn't mention to you about the Junior Bees. Yeah, sure. Look, it's I, I suppose it's a, it's an important part of any club is to have a, a junior team going well and have an outlet for every player to be able to play. Um, they've done a good job this year. They've moved up to Junior A, um, and I think they're going to try and enter a Junior B team as well. So, like to have three adult teams in the club will be an incredible achievement. How it'll go, I don't know, Matt. You know, like on paper, the players are there, but like it's a different scenario getting lads to the field and stuff like that. But you know, they're going to try it, which is an imp- which is just another, I suppose, insight into I suppose the mentality of of the club at the moment, and and I suppose what the executive is bringing to it, and, and I suppose driving standards, you know, and. I, it'd be remiss of me now not to mention the underage as well, led by Fran Dwyer and, and Mike Weeks and, and you know, a couple more there, Nicola McCahey and, and Jason Hayes and stuff for driving things there in the club as well from that point of view. And um, just the underage is, has great numbers, um, very well organised and trainings and stuff like that and matches and everything. And just um, it's good to see at the moment, you know, the school going well today. They're in a final against Kamalak there at, in, in a couple of minutes above in the field in Brough Lake. So, um you know, things are things are moving forward nicely around the place. So whether it'll eventually lead to silverware or anything like that, I think is 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 secondary as to how the club is actually running. And I suppose people have been happy and it's been a nice focal point for the community. You know, that's it for me. Thanks very much, Paul. Right. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant, Paul. There, and it's it's great to see a club like Prof doing so much work, good work underage, and you're reaping the rewards of it. And it's brilliant, obviously, to talk Limerick with you and long may the success continue. But Paul. 
thanks very much for your time. Uh, we'll leave you with that. I hope you enjoy the rest of the summer and it'll be a long, fruitful one for Limerick and Broth. Thanks, Paul. Okay, thanks, man, for having me. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks very much, Paul. No, Matt, Paul Brown, former Limerick hurler. It just struck me there that he was talking about William O'Donoghue and Dara Donovan being underrated. But for, I suppose, anyone that didn't see Paul play, and I, I was young at the time myself, but as good as the boys, if not better, you know, just Limerick weren't winning as much. That's why you wouldn't get the recognition. Well, well, coming from person like Paul Brown that has given so much and continues to give so much to our association and, and, and to Limerick, you know, that's a ringing endorsement because he would have seen him at first hand and that uh, there's very few people that would um, know as much about midfield player as, as Paul Brown. Like he, you know, I, I, I saw him in the county final, I think it was in 2007 or 2008. Um, the um, rough beat Caroline in, in Ballet Grand in the, was the intermediate final, the county intermediate final, I think was possibly 2008 and you, you know on that day a very very young Paul Brown put on a day for the ages that I will never forget and um, came away from my grand saying you know the waiver you know Limerick have on earth to the end if there was ever one and like events that transpired since have proved that and um, he's had a wonderful career unfortunately a pity towards the end of his inter-county career that was blighted by injury yeah. Certainly, by any benchmark, on and off the field, Paul Brown's contribution to Limerick GA is enormous. Oh, 100%. And continues with that way with Brough, who so close last year in the Premier Intermediate final. But going back to, to Sunday, Matt, um, and I, I said it to Paul, was did you have any any thoughts going into the game that there would be potentially a Munster final look forward to? Or you relatively confident that uh, Tipperary get the job done? I, I was... I anybody else, Jack. You know, pretty certain that Tipperary would get the job done and that, that we were going in, you know, we were taking on Cork for third place. And I I, I, I was of the mindset, and I, I don't think I was too far wrong, that if Limerick turned up uh, a better performance on the day they'd win, if they didn't, they'd be in trouble. No, they, 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 they improved on the performance of the previous game sufficient to get over Cork. But as Paul agreed there, there are further matches to go, Jack. And I, 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 I have a sense that in terms of performance, the trajectory is open and it will stay that way because the picture is now becoming very, very clear, you know, as to what the pathway to ultimate glory is. Um, it is the, 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 the championship has been down now to six in the race for the Lee McCarthy Cup, plus Carlo and, and, and Offaly, eight counties. Like your big, big names fall and Cork and Waterford are out of the race, Wexford are out of the race. So um, it's all to play for now. And... Um, uh, the doubters, and I suppose we were all guilty of elements of doubt within ourselves. Um, uh, I, I think to a degree, that to, to a fair degree, and Limerick answered the doubters last week, and and um, all the shenanigans that was, that was going on there. Um, 
this and the other thing about Limerick being unbeatable and all this sort of thing and Limerick's disciplinary issues and and um, um, you know all that sort of nonsense. Um, but um, Limerick's discipline on Sunday was exemplary. I thought in 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 the white heat and the cauldron of a battle. But when when that title was when that All Ireland title as we thought was on the line, but um, as events transpired, it was both our titles were on the line. So they're both still alive. Um, Limerick have 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 room still room to improve, um, but they're going very very much in the right direction, Jack. And um, that you know once again, you'd have to say that the indications are that John Kiley. And um, Paul Kirk and our management team have absolutely, possibly timed their run to perfection. Now, spare a thought for Cork, Jack. We, we've got to spare a thought for Cork. Um, because, like, we had the tremendous game of falling last Sunday, and it, it takes to, to produce that. And, and um, Cork more than played their part. And as I said there at the outset, you know, had they got an equaliser, Cork would be looking forward to a monster final. It was that close, and um, but to a certain degree, I suppose the odds were stacked against them in, in to some degree. Like they came out of Parky Creeve having played the first two championship games there with three points, and they had a tricky trip to Ennis, which it proved to be lost by a point and didn't go to Limerick to the All-Ireland Champions. It wasn't a very palatable finish over the last two games. But I, I, I don't think um, in, in, in 2023, in terms of progress, I don't think Cork have lost anything but in the defeats to both Clare and Limerick. I think they have shown measurable improvement as a squad, as a team. Now, they still have issues in the team. There is no doubt about that. But there will, be, there will be options down the road because, like, on Sunday they play awfully in the in the uh, All-Ireland Under-20 final and they'll be seeking a third Under-20 title in four years. So you'd have to say that there's a huge reservoir of talent out there to be tapped. And um, you, you you have the like of, of um, Mark Coleman and um, Alan Connolly to come back into the squad. And above all, I think the big, biggest loss of all to Cork... Um, in, in in the last two games was Robbie Offlane, who is a player I would rate very very highly. But um, yeah, like- you, you, you have, to, have to say well done to Cork, um, <laughs> and um, they, they may be out of the Munster Championship, um, but to say that they had a bad Munster Championship is wrong. It, yeah, in like- terms of, of putting the building bricks in place, Jack, they've had a good Munster Championship. Yeah, I think I I see I see some people go along saying. There could be a four-place playoff for Wexford and Cork. I don't think that's fair, and I think Cork are out because they deserve to be out because they had four games and it just wasn't enough. But as you said, I don't think it was a bad month's championship. I also think Cork were the best team Limerick played because I think Limerick played to their near enough to their best on Sunday and only got over the line by point. I think if Limerick played like they did on Sunday against Tipperary and Clare, they would have beat him also. So I think Limerick will be will be glad to see the back of Cork. But I, I also think they'll be really happy to have Clare again, you know, in a Munster final because Clare, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't make much of an odds because they're both in a Munster final. But Clare ended a 17-game 
unbeaten streak for Limerick, and they won't care about you know a streak. They they'll want titles, and they prove that. But the chance for for John Kiley and Paul Kinnock to prepare for Clare again, I think, is one that they're going to relish. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and Dale Parson analyze and forensically examine examine the shortcomings that that uh, occurred in the previous game with Clare. And of course, the talk about Clare at the moment is that Connor Cleary will be missing, um, which which will be a huge loss to Clare um, if if it transpires that way, and will probably in, involve maybe a bit of a shuffling of the defence, you know, which. Like isn't isn't the best going into a monster final? At least we've had got a couple of um, games to get accustomed to the loss of Sean Finn. So I I think John Kiley and, and his management team will absolutely will 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 relish this and players. You know the rivalry that's between Limerick and Clare. Players will absolutely relish the chance of of, of avenging that defeat and putting one over on, on him. And I'd say, talk of five in a row, Jack. That that will not exist um, for the next fortnight. It will not come into the conversation. It will be all focused on the game, player, beat player, and see where it takes us. Yeah, it's going to be an incredible game. And it's obviously in the Gaelic Crowns, for anyone that might have missed that, um, a quarter to two. um, Even though though it's Limerick's home venue, Matt, it does make a lot of sense considering a lot of the big clubs in Clare are closer to Gaelic Grounds than their counterparts in Limerick. Logistically, it's it's the best place for Clare fans to come. It's part, it's going to be 50-50 in terms of tickets given out and attendance there. So while it is an away game, Clare should hold no problems coming to the Gaelic Grounds because they beat Limerick there three or four weeks ago. So I think the Gaelic Grounds is a very sensible option. I think I think it is a sensible op- option. Like um, you know, um, right, all right. Turles, Turles was was and Cork were 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 the other options. Um, I think Clare's first choice was probably Turles, and Cork, Limerick had nominated Cork. Um, I, you know, Cork is a fantastic stadium, Jack. You know, absolutely fantastic, but. You you'd have to sympathise with people from Clare, from West Clare and North Clare, making the long trip down to Leeside, and then the, the logistics of getting into the ground and the lack of parking and all all that sort of thing. So you could see why Clare weren't going to buy in to go into Cork, and um, I don't know. I'm not obviously not privy to what the negotiations were, but um, and there was obviously negotiations, but. You, you you would have to say that that um, Limerick Limerick's representatives and negotiate negotiators um, came out on the right side of the bargain. I think they pulled off a big one. It is, but I think I think it's fair. You know, I don't think Clare fans mind coming to the Gaelic Crowns. Like we we had thought it was going to be Clare and Tip, and the Gaelic Crowns was the was the obvious choice for that. So I mean. The Clare fans could have wanted to go to Limerick anyway. So, look, it, it'll make no... It won't make yeah, any but they, they, odds. The converse side of it, Jack, is that Clare are desperate for a Munster Championship. They're the county that's waiting the longest. They haven't won a Munster Championship since 1998. It's 25 years. This is the silver jubilee of their last um, of their last Munster Championship. And they want to rest that run. 
And um, a, lo- a, lo- a lot of player, a lot of player supporters would go to the moon if it enhanced their chances of doing that. I think, but look, at the end of the day, um, the Gaelic grounds is 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 a logical, you know, it, it, it's a logical outcome. And um, yeah, um, I, I, as players, I don't think the the player players will fear too much coming into the Gaelic grounds. Um, as as I think was it Anthony Daly was on this morning saying like that um, that um, some some of the Clare players and 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 supporters are, are nearer to the Gaelic grounds than they are to Cusick Park. Yeah, which is a fact. I think I think it makes sense for, for a lot of a lot of reasons, and even the the league game of a Saturday night and the championship game that Saturday night, the Clare crowd were very good in fairness. They were very loud, very vocal, thousands of them there. So I don't think they'll be I don't think it'll feel like a home game for, for Limerick in, in any regards. But you know, it narrates itself the you know the talking points coming into the game. Limerick looking for five in a row. They started the, the potential five in a row in the Gaelic Crowns they'll be looking to end it there. And as you mentioned Claire looking to end a 25-year wait for a Munster Championship. And it has become the biggest rivalry in the country in terms of hurling. Um, obviously, the year Limerick won Ireland in 18, it was clear they got the win when they played Nennis. Limerick replied with a couple of big wins. And then Claire ended the streak, you know, and they drew twice last year. One of the best Munster finals we've ever had. So if we get a game like last year, Matt, it doesn't matter where it's played. As long as Dick is as Declan Hannon uh, lifting the Mick Mackey Cup at the end of it, I think it's fair to say. Hmm. Uh, 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 somebody posted on, on my Facebook page in a reply uh, this week that he, he could see nothing more appropriate than Limerick being presented with the Mackey Cup in the Mackey stand. Oh, it writes itself, but look, it, there'll be a lot. Of, there'll be a lot of said. There'll be a lot of written in the in the meantime. We'll be back next week. To preview the game in, in full, so uh, look, it, it promised to be an incredible occasion. But I, like, you just have to say a huge well done to this this Limerick team that continue to give and give and give, and it, the heat even standing in the terrace on Sunday. So I couldn't imagine what it was like to play that intensity with a helmet on for that long. You know, against a really good Cork team, they're just never, never lack of a want or for trying and the skill levels and to the Limerick people as well, you know, that they really showed up and supported in numbers and Cork played their, their part as well. You know, it's just a great day to be from Limerick. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have had so many great days to be from Limerick. It's, it's great to be from Limerick anyway, but we have so many yeah. great days to be from Limerick in, over the last five years. It's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and long may the, long may they comp- continue. And next stop, the Gaelic Crowns on the 11th of June, uh, for another Munster final. We're getting spoiled, Matt. But look, we'll we'll take. We'll em. get we're getting spoiled, but but um, you know, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed the sport this weekend because we had um, we had Munster winning on Saturday, and with with um, Limerick winning on Sunday, and across the water, Jack. Against all the odds, my old football club Everton survived. Yeah, I had to get the dig in. Carbon copy of last year, you know, the, the great escape. For, for Everton, Not quite, so. Jack. We, we, we escaped in the second last day. Um, 
last year, the last day this year, but, you know, I'd be worried about next year. But look, let, let, let next season look after itself. Yeah, look, you've the hurling um, to occupy you for the summer. And we also have potentially a long run in the football to occupy ourselves as we gear up for the final round robin game of the Talchin Cup. And we spoke about it in Lent last week. It's a dead rubber in a positive sense for Limerick. You know, it's a it's a free hit for Mark Fitzgerald. They got the job done in their first two games, beat Longford, beat Carlo. They earned this dead rubber against Wicklow um, this Saturday or this Sunday at one o'clock in Port Leash. You know, for Mark, do you think it'll be a chance to give fringe players some time? The likes of Ian Corbett and Robbie Burke come back from injury. You can bed them in, not worrying about the results. Killian Ryan, he said, was close to coming back. You know, really positive start has allowed Limerick to approach this game any way they want. It does, it does. He's, uh, it's a small bit of a conundrum maybe for Matt Fitzgerald. Um, does, does, does he um, try out the French players and see what they're made of? And um, are... Just for a settled team going going into the um, quarterfinals, and you you must remember, Jack, that qualifying directly for the quarterfinals entitles you to a home venue for the quarterfinal, which is which is a very very big plus. Now, um, you just wonder, Jack, because apparently early in the week, I I, I don't know if you have it, but I have it very reliably, um, that Wicklow were averse to playing the game. Because there was nothing riding on it, you know, which would be most disappointed and like would certainly question the integrity of the competition if there was a walkover in it. But um, uh, as of now, the game is going ahead, and and um, you know that that's the conundrum facing Mark Fitzgerald. I, I think he probably opt, um, obviously, to give extra game time, perhaps to Ian, Ian Corbett and Robbie Burke, but. I think he will probably stick with his settled team. Like they, they're getting a bit of momentum. The momentum started in, in the game with Clare. It continued with Longford. It continued more emphatically again against Carlo. And I don't think he'll want to disrupt it too much. Um, at this stage, you, you must remember, he came in in mid-season. He came in towards the latter part of the league. And um, it wasn't as if he didn't know his players because um, he was part of the back. He was part of Red Dimsey's backroom team through the McGrath Cup and through the early stages of the league. So he he, he knows what his players are. I think he will opt for you know for continuity. Yeah, I I I think it's important to to continue with, with the win and run as as you approach the quarter final. And another thing that the, the win in the first two games does is. Um, it gives you an extra week break because if Limerick were to face the preliminary quarterfinal, it would be next weekend. Then they'll be playing a quarterfinal the following weekend and the semi-final with the weekend after that. So the, the really good start has allowed them to approach these games as they want to. But on that, if Wicklow were to, to not play the game or, or to give a walkover, I mean, it would ruin the integrity of the competition that was such a bright spark in the J calendar last year. We all saw the scenes in Mullingar after Westmead won. But even for the likes of the Waterford Hurlers at the weekend, you know, there was nothing riding on the game for them. As it turned out, it could have been very detrimental for, for Tip had Limerick and, and, and Cork drawn. But Tipperary could have thrown in the towel and that would have meant Limerick didn't get didn't get to Munster final. So 
it is important that the game is played first and foremost. But yeah, but it, it looks that 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 doubt seems to be gone now, and 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 the game is going to hit at one o'clock and on Sunday in Port Leash. And um, as as I said, I, I I think that Mark Fitzgerald will probably opt for continuity because um, you know it, 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 whoever um, Limerick will face in 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 the quarterfinal in in the Gaelic grounds. Going to be a huge game. It's going to be a huge occasion, Jack, because the prize is not only um, a place in the the last four in the semi final, which I suppose we we expected here at the start. If we're honest, I, I think we mentioned it at the outset of the Talton Cup that we should be in the mix at that stage. Um, but it will it will also um, Limerick the right have an appearance in Croke Park because yeah. the, the semi finals are scheduled for Croke Park, so. Um, I look. I, as I said, I, I I think he'll opt for continuity, more of the same. All right, in 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 Corbett has to come back, and um, Robbie Burke has to get more game time. Hugh Burke probably has, needs probably a full game. So um, all all those factors will feed into the into the manager's mind. Um, but I expect Limerick to win. And make it three wins from three in the Talton Cup because you you know you don't know what sort of uh, of mindset that is in Wicklow at the moment. Like um, I I think for Wicklow the the Talton Cup campaign has been a disappointment, Jack. Oh, because they did 100%. win they, they did win promotion from Division Four. Well, yeah, so, they would have been seen as a dark horse to come into it, and were they yeah. the second seed in Limerick's group? You know, so there was obviously. Yeah, and, a lot talked or thought of them coming into the game. So for Russian McConville, it, it has been very disappointing. But look, there's little yeah, look, they can do about that win, now. They had a big win over Carlo in the championship, and like they were leading Carlo by five points coming down the home straight in the Talton Cup and conceded six unanswered points. You know, yeah. so I, I I just wonder was it the mindset coming into the game which. I think is unlikely. It it was to be hit with a thunderbolt like that probably totally disrailed um their 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 their, their Tarleton Cup ambitions because they suffered a very heavy defeat to Longford in the subsequent game in Longford. So yeah, um, these things these it, things can turn quickly, you know, um, both positively and negatively, and that's how it seems I've gone for Wicklow. But from a Limerick point of view, you'd be looking just to, to keep going with that winning momentum and, and carry that into the quarterfinal. But as we said, it, look, Sunday's Sunday's result is irrelevant. But another performance would, you know, add to the confidence. Whereas you don't want to be coming in off the back of a loss, even though you know you don't have to win. But the best of luck to, to Mark Fitz and his side this Sunday in Port Leash at one o'clock. Um, last weekend it was defeat for the Limerick Ladies footballers in the Munster B final. Lost out one six to thirteen against Clare. Um, but you know, as as they prepare for a junior championship. Really good run out for Graham Shiny's side against a good Clare side. Yes, I understand it's the Clare intermediate side. Yeah. Um, and um, a very, very good run out. A very, very good campaign in general for Limerick to get to the Munster final. Um, they had a big win over, over the Kerry B side in, in at one stage in the competition. And it augurs well going forward, Jack, because the the junior championship is only around the corner. It's kicking off on the 18th of July, actually. Uh, sorry, June. the 18th of June. Mm. And Limerick are grouped with Sligo, Down and Kilkenny. 
Now, um, meeting Sligo and meeting Down will be relatively new to Limerick in recent years. Um, we've played Kilkenny already this year in, in the opening round of the league. So, um, yeah, I, I think Graham Shine will be very, very happy with the preparations um, co- coming into coming into the Junior Championship because I suppose at the end of the day, the one thing that matters in any given year is how you perform in the Championship. And um, yeah, well, um, I, I think the performance against Clare was very, very encouraging. It was the second time they met Clare in the competition and they drew him in this, <coughs> which was a very, very creditable performance. And and um, then then they lost four points last Sunday. But well done to the girls. Um, it's it's ideal preparation going into the All Ireland series. Yeah, no, it it's good preparation, good run out against an intermediate team, and as as we say that they're they're starting their campaign on the June eighteenth. Um, in Kilkenny, and they were they were heavy victors in the league against the Cats, so they'll be hoping to continue in that vein. Um. Moving on to Camogie, Matt, and it'll be it's a busy weekend, and it was a busy weekend, um, with the seniors, I suppose, first and foremost, kicking off their campaign. Um, they have a, they have a trip to, to Antrim this Saturday. They play in Dunloy at three o'clock in the Senior Camogie Championship, and it, it's been an up and down year so far for the Camogie side, but they'll they'll take encouragement by how they concluded the campaign. You know, um, staving off relegation, and you know they can really build with a group that is very feasible at getting out of in the championship. Very, very possible, Jack. That 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 they're getting get that they, that they'll get out of it, and of course, um, ho- however this uh, contrived happen, like it's the second year in a row going. Second year in a row going to Antrim is what Matt was going uh, to say there, but yeah, Limerick versus Antrim this Sunday in Dunlo- or this Saturday in Dunloy at 3 o'clock. Um, the juniors last week got their campaign after a brilliant start. They beat Offaly 5-11 to 1-5 to, to kickstart their campaign. Matt has come back in. You, you fell out there for, for a second, Matt. I was just filling in there that the juniors yeah. won, but you were about to say they're on their way to, to Antrim again, is it? Yeah, like in, in, in the championship last year, um, they beat Antrim 114 to 111 in Corrigan Park, and that was that was the one that sealed that place in the quarter in, 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 in the quarter final. But that that aside, just looking at Limerick's campaign in the league, it was very, very disappointing. And again, as we spoke very often about the 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 the, the, the male foot the men's footballers. Um, the scheduling wasn't very, very kind to him. Like um, we spoke about Limerick having to go to Derry and didn't face Dublin. In the, in, in, in the Camogie League, Limerick had to go to Wexford in the only round and had to face Waterford. Um, Travelled to Waterford again, I think, in round three. So, um, But Antrim have been down to McNeville Park um, in the league and had a good win there. You know, which which heightens it now. Limerick put down a few key players on that particular day, but I I, I saw the Limerick game against Offaly and I was in, impressed with the with, with the way they performed because their backs were to the wall. It it was a relegation shootout, Jack. The the, the losers went down. Offaly went down as a result of it, and um, I subsequently saw them in 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 the um, Munster semi final against Clare, and you know Limerick were level. 
uh, after about 40 minutes, but failed to score after that. And Clare won by five or six points. But I, I thought the performance against them, um, even though John Lillis after the game expressed his disappointment with it, I, I thought it still marked, um, you know, a team going somewhere in the right direction. Now, um, only, uh, sorry, Andrew recently lost the Ulster final to Down. So in the context of the group, Jack, which also contains um, Offaly and Waterford, it's a huge game. The, the, the two likely winnable games are Antrim and Offaly, and w- were you to succeed in both of those, you'd be through to at least the quarterfinal. It was a good weekend for the juniors, Matt, who kicked off their championship campaign with a big win against Offaly. And it's something that you had kind of predicted with the return of some of the younger players to the setup, and it really sets out their stall early on. It did, it did, and um, uh, there was about five or six of the minor team called up, and um, they, they've indicated their call up because um, uh, Laura Southern and, and Ellen Meehan were among the goals. But um, it was a comfortable win for Limerick over an awfully side that they also had a comfortable win over in the league. But it, it sets Limerick up nicely now to get into the knockout stages because they're in a group with Armagh and Mayo. Now, Armagh were all Ireland runners-up last year and would probably be the, the favourites to top the group. Um, and they had a huge win over Mayo in the, at the Mayo venue last Saturday. So, um, Limerick will travel on Saturday week. Now, they will travel to face Armagh. And that, that will give us a... Limerick will be able to benchmark as to where they actually are. But they, they certainly had... them. Um, um, the, the, the influx of, of that young blood from, from the minor team that were beaten in the All-Ireland um, final um, certainly made, made a difference and, 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 and they made an impact. And um, like David Deedy has, has done a great job in, 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 in assembling, he's assembling a decent squad and, and um, like, um, you know, there are going to be nobody's pushover. So it would be very, very interesting to see how they will fare with with um, our man. Of course, it, it will be equally interesting to see how uh, how Mayo fare with Offaly. So um, uh, on Saturday week, we, 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 we will have a clearer picture of the relative strengths of the team. But as of now, that win over Offaly has put Limerick in a strong position to qualify for the knockout stages. And... Um, um, you know, the, the, the game against Armagh would probably be defining as Armagh have been hovering around um, um, winning this competition for the last couple of years, beaten finalists last year. So um, that's going to be a tough game and we'll be probably looking at it in more detail next week. But, um, you know, for now, good start, win over Offaly, you know, happy days, let's move on. Yeah, great start. And you were hoping that uh, John Lillis' side, senior side, can do the same this weekend in Antrim. Um, briefly onto the Masters, Matt, uh, beaten by Kerry in Caledia the weekend, 2739, I think it was. Uh, you were there. I suppose, you know, this competition is all about um these lads representing their county and getting out and support them. And I, I'd imagine it was it was a good day and you got to see some heroes from Limerick and Kerry teams of the past. Yeah, I, I was. Um, it was a most enjoyable game, Jack. And then, um, you, you know, any home games, I would encourage uh, people just to go along and see and see them because 
Um, Limerick basically had a squad of 33 or 4 and they, they were all used um, at different stages in the game and now it was a sweltering day in, in, in Kilidi in beautiful conditions as always in Kilidi and, and the hospitality in Kilidi was as good as ever um, you know but um, it was a very very enjoyable game I, I would have to say and alright like Limerick were facing the Masters of Football but my god Jack, did they give him one hell of a fright? Lim- Lim- Limerick were yeah. leading with 10 minutes ten minutes to go. And Michael, I don't know who had got Limerick's second goal. And and um, Limerick's first goal, which was actually the very last action of the first half, and it dragged Limerick right back into it because they had fallen five or six points behind. But um, it was a beautiful ball that was lofted in from the left-hand sideline by, by Michal Reedy. And... Uh, John O'Connell rose in, inside in a crowded square and by God did he punch it nearly punched the ball right through the net he, he hit it with such power it was it, 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 it was just lovely to watch uh, a fine goal now both of them goal, goals were very good but um, sort of in the closing stages Kerry put on a spot and they got a couple of late goals to rescue it but um Full credit to Limerick. They've only been together five months, Jack. But by God, have they, assemb- have they assembled a decent squad? And Jack, the camaraderie between them, you know, it was infectious. Not just among the Limerick squad, but between the respective squads after the game. Um, you know, this is prolonging people's inter-county careers. And, and um, like, you know, in many ways, Jack, the game was a good ad for Gaelic football. Such was the quality yeah. of, of the football on offer. And, and fair play to both sides. And, of course, Limerick included Kieran Carey, who, who lined out at fullback and is no mean exponent of the big ball, let's, let's say, Jack. Um, we have, we yeah, have him there in our, in our introductory clip and uh, we saw what he could do with the slitter. By God, he's not bad at the, the, the big ball either, I'll tell you. Um but um, most enjoyable, and I, I think the next home game is on Saturday week in 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 Kilidi and, and um, if it is, and um, I am pretty sure it is, that as many people as possible should get out and see it. It's it's a very 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 enjoyable event. I really thoroughly enjoyed it, Jack. Yeah, great initiative, and I'd imagine it'll become a staple of the the Limerick J calendar. I know this team is in the in their first year, but you'd imagine it, it'll be kept going, and and long may it should. But, um. Before we finish, Matt, um, obviously need to offer our condolences to a couple of families. Um, firstly, to, to Eamon Phelan on the passing of his father. Eamon is the PRO for Limerick and has done so much for Limerick over the years. Um, just got word of that there this morning. Yeah, I, I, I would like to agree with you and I would like to pass our deepest sympathy to Eamon and and uh, and the Phelan family. I, I, I have known over a number of years how, how close that that Eamon was to his dad um right up to the end even in, in his final in illness and um, um he, he will certainly sadly miss him and um I met him on a number of occasions with 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 Eamon at, at at matches and um you know we we all know the contribution that Eamon has has made to Limerick GA and our thoughts and our prayers are, are, are with him at this difficult time for him and his family. I, I would also like to send our deepest sympathy to Connell Kelly 
and the Kelly family of Bulgan Castle on, on the sad passing of Connell's wife, Mary. Um, uh, they've, they've had a very, very long association with, 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 with the GA through meant catering and through catering for and um, through, through Connell Kelly has been a very, very generous sponsor of 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 um of of Limerick teams all, over the years and um uh, <clears throat> his premises there have, um so many GA clubs have raised so much funds in in in, in Castle and of course the late Mary Kelly was was um the mother in law of of Mike Houlihan and grandmother of Limerick um current Limerick player Michal Houlihan. So our deepest sympathy to the um Kelly family and and the extended Kelly and the O'Brien family who who she was originally Mary O'Brien from Mitchellstown and uh, our sympathy also to the Cleary family of 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 um, Anglesborough Mickey Cleary or Mickey Tippis he was known was such a familiar face at all games that Galtie Gales um uh, played and um it it is so sad to learn of his passing and his sons um Johnny is, is, is and Packy have played for so long with the Galtie Gales and are now giving back. Johnny um, is is the manager of the Galtie Gales uh, ladies football team that won the county last year. And um, our, our, our deepest sympathy because um, he's been ill since Christmas, but um, he's a character that we will have miss. We will miss sorely miss on the sideline when when the. Um, in the county championships and the ladies football championships and the various championships, he, he was a never present. Um, uh, he 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 was as certain to be there as 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 the Galtie Gales goalkeeper when Galtie Gales were playing. He 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 was always there. So deeper sympathy to the Clary family. Yeah, I echo those sentiments, Matt. Uh, condolences to all the families affected there. Um, it's, or indeed, Jack, over. to anybody that has, has been bereaved since since our last podcast and any any and any GA families or, or indeed anybody that has been, been bereaved. It's uh, bereavement is very, very difficult to face at any time. Yeah. Well well spoken there, Matt. Um over over an hour on the clock there. Look, it was a very eventful Sunday in the Gaelic Grounds and, and further afield further afield, but we have another Munster final to look forward to. As as we said, John Kiley's side continue to deliver whenever there's questions asked of them. They go above and beyond. And overall, Hurling has delivered so much this year, Matt. And if you were to pick out a game of the Munster Championship so far, what would you pluck for? Because obviously Limerick's last three games have been home dingers. You had... Tip and Cork was incredible in Parky Cueve and also Clare and Cork and, and Cusick Park was an exceptionally good game. You know, what is the standout one for you? Limerick and Cork. Yeah, and I, I suppose in in the pantheon of, of great Limerick and Cork games, you know, it, it has to be right up there. I still think 2018 with the extra time would be very hard bait, but this one... You know, it was just another instant classic. Absolutely. You know, Pete Cork and Limerick these days um, into a game and you're virtually guaranteed of something special. 
Yeah, and I think Limerick and Clare are going in that same vein. So we'll wait with bated breath for uh, that Munster final uh, just over 10 days away from now as Limerick and Clare do battle again in the two scale of crowns. But for this weekend, um, best look to Mark Fitz and his side in the Talchon Cup. They'll round out the round-robin campaign, win, lose or draw. They'll be into quarterfinal in a fortnight time. John Lillis and his Camogie side kick off their uh, championship campaign in Antrim on Saturday. So they wish them the best luck as well. Um, a huge thank you to Noel's menswear, our sponsor, for getting on board and, and contributing. Um, to all our listeners, um, very good viewership is up, continuing to rise week on week. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure to like, leave a comment, um, click the subscribe no- or the notifications, get um, notifications like that, and the, the bell. It just helps the algorithm. It helps spread um, the messages that we're sending out here for Limerick J on Facebook, like and share on Twitter, uh, like and retweet. Every bit of it is really appreciated. Um, as always, a huge thank you to you, Matt. Um, and as always, to the listeners, we have another couple of eventful weeks. Look forward to, thank God, a huge thank you to Paul Brown as well for his immense contribution at the start of the podcast. That's it for episode 235. We'll be back very soon. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. The impression the game we get all with what you put into is like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Phil Kenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, it's Shorty Buckley. Let me spend out there from the war court today. No more about him. They made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. No sympathy in this game for anybody.